Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. To the final eight we go. Keyshawn, Woo! J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Alan Hahn with J. Will. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Oh, we got my guy today. And we people. are also joined by the coach, Seth Greenberg, who joins us as well. Good morning, Seth. Notorious PERG. What's happening? I'm working on my IFB now. You know, I'm, I'm not used to this big time. How do you not have the IFB in, have it in when now. we start Come the on, show? Jay Wilk. Enough. Enough. We're going to start with this already? <laughs> <laughs> well, you and I have built a habit of arguing with one another. So uh, it's kind of our stick. People don't understand that. Like, we have more love for each other than anybody else on the planet. We just also love to argue with one another. That's where it is. We look at things through a different prism. Through a different prism, a different lens. And I'm a, <laughs> and I'm a really good fire starter, so this ought to be a great listen going forward. But as I mentioned, <laughs> we are on to the final eight, and some of the teams that are there right now did not expect to see them, but the one we do expect to see, Gonzaga, they win in another blowout. And Dude. as we continue to watch them, guys, I continue to wonder the same thing. As they win by double digits, 26 now in a row, 29-0, and 0, Again, if win the next game, 30-0 and 0 in the Final Four, that starts putting you in different kind of pantheon. That starts to make you wonder, where are they all time? What is the conversation about Gonzaga going forward? So should we, should we go there just right now? We might as well just start that conversation because it's being had. And I know Gonzaga, they're trying to downplay it. Well, everybody's trying to go undefeated right now through the tournament. I get that. But what they're trying to do, guys, is going to be historic. Hasn't been done, obviously, uh, since 1976. It's been that long since we've seen a perfect run and a championship in the same season. If they do accomplish this, where does this put them all time in college basketball? Go ahead, Seth. I'll let it you start It puts them in today. a category of undefeated teams. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's what it does. I, we can't compare teams today from teams from 1976. We can't compare teams from today from even prior to that, the great UCLA teams. Look, what it would be is a historic feat. What it would be is a reflection of what they've been able to do during the course of the season. I think we need to celebrate who they are in this moment in time. And who they are in this moment in time are a historically great offensive team. They scored 50 points in the paint yesterday. Mm. They scored 27 points off the three-point line. They shoot, Besides that, they didn't do anything else. They shot free throws. I mean, if you think about this, they're shooting 77% inside the lane. The pace in which they play, the flow in which they play, the how they share the basketball. I mean, yesterday, you think about the different guys stepping up. And then Drew Timmy, the manner in which he's playing right now is at a ridiculous level. But why is he playing that way? Because of the manner in which they execute offensively. They get a shot up every 14 seconds. Every 14 seconds, they get a shot up. The flow in which they play, the manner in which they play. And yesterday, defensively, they took a very good Creighton team, a very efficient offensive Creighton team, a very skilled Creighton team, they held the 22% from the three-point line. I mean, it's, it's just we need to enjoy the manner in which they play the game. <sighs> Seth. Do it. So Enough. <laughs> I, I, I respect the hell out of Gonzaga. I do. Seth, you and I have done college basketball for a very long time together. I hate this narrative that follows Mark Few that they always get there, it's not enough. It was the same narrative that followed Jay Wright for a very long time before they won it. They are going to win it this year. This team historically will be put in the same conversation with that 1976 team, just like Seth just mentioned. But I'm not putting them in the category of one of the greatest teams of all time. I'm not, talent-wise. Like, I'm not. 
I think overall college basketball, the talent level is dwindled. It's watered down this year. It doesn't feel like when I watch college basketball that the talent jumps off the page to me. I even go back to that 2017 Gonzaga Final Four team. I think they're better than this year's team. I think they would be trending towards being undefeated as well. Let me remind you who was on that team. Jonathan Williams, who was a beast. Seth, we used to talk about him all the time. Double-double. Nigel Williams-Goss was a star. Transferred there. Was a star. Silas Melson knocked down threes. Josh Perkins knocked down threes. Rui Hachimura, mm-hmm. who's in the league. Bottom. Zach Collins, who's in the league. That if he doesn't get hurt, by the way, this Portland team has a chance to win the whole damn thing. Him and Nurkic together in the back. I mean, Zach Norvell, a lockdown defender. I know it's unfair when people say, well, why are you comparing them to the past? You can only compare them to the present. I understand that. I think they are the best team in college basketball right now. It's their best shot to win it. But I'm not going to historically put them with the other great of the great teams because I think there are a lot of other great teams that would have smacked this team. I really do. And I think they're talented this year, Seth. I still they think they're – got pros this year too now. Hey, you got to remember now, Zach well, Collins out on that team, he was the sixth man. He was the guy that came off the bench. He was the guy – like that was – Tony Bradley and Zach Collins, those, those were the two guys that were one-and-done guys for North Carolina and for Gonzaga. And those guys didn't even start. They didn't start. But having said that, Jay, well, those teams weren't better offensively than this team. So, those uh, teams weren't better. This, this team is freakish offensively. How they score, the number of playmakers they have, the number of floor gamers they have, the number of shot makers they have, they might not be physically as tough and uh, and dominating as as maybe those teams. They don't have the mountain masquerading as a man. Simic Karnowski. I mean, but what they do have is incredible skill. Every time Kispert shoots it, you think it's going in. Andrew Nabar, the transfer from Florida, all right, gives him a guy to take some pressure off of Suggs. Suggs, talk about a two-way player. Suggs is the number one pick in the draft. I, I agree, I'm, I'm I agree with you. I agree with that. you on that. I agree with you on that. Did you see that left-handed pass he threw off, right off the bounce? Yeah. Bam. I mean, that was ridiculous. I mean, you put him right in an NBA game right now, and he could lead a team. So offensively, they're dominating. The thing is interesting to me is even the guys that come off, whether it's Watson, whether it's Balo, they all have a little bit of a role. So uh, we shouldn't kind of hold against them that maybe um, what, the West Coast Conference or you know, they have I'm the I'm not holding it against draw. him, Seth. I'm not holding it. I mean, but just offensively, yeah, they are talented. But, it, Seth, the – are you saying that they are one of the best teams to ever do it? Because that's what this conversation comes down to. Because I see see that little pause on your face compare, when your mouth goes up like that. Teams I teams in 2021 to teams that, you know, way back in the day when people were playing against seniors. Because they're not playing against seniors anymore. I'm not, I'm not going to – and I don't want to hear like, well, you know, Kentucky's not any good this year. Carolina's not any good. No. Indiana's not any good. That's their problem. The difference right now just across the board in college basketball, and the same thing in the NBA, by the way, the NBA is so young that it's mediocre half of the time. Half of the teams in the league are mediocre because, you know what, they're getting players that are coming out of college early because they want to make money, which I have no problem with, and that's great. But the league has gotten so young that half of the league is unwatchable, let's be honest. Or they don't play good basketball. And college basketball is so young because guys are leaving early, so you don't have those juniors. You don't have those seniors that have shared experience and have toughness, a better understanding of how to play. And now all of a sudden – this is a Gonzaga team playing against an upper-class team with elite talent. Like back in your day, your teams that you played on at Duke, all right? Think about uh, even uh, Kentucky's team that could have had a chance Undefeated. to get to the yes. final. Those teams were more mature, more physical, more were tougher than obviously 
what, what Gonzaga's going to have to play against. But we shouldn't hold that against Gonzaga. I'm not holding it against Gonzaga. I'm just being a realist. I'm not, I'm not using this to knock Gonzaga at all. And I want everybody Don't to understand. Don't at him, please. Don't I, I, at him. All I'm the saying, people on Seth, the West Coast aren't even up. Don't worry about it. All I'm <laughs> saying is when you look at them historically, if we're comparing them against great teams, that is what's going to happen. Relative. Go- and it's always relative. Obviously, it's different. You can't compare you know, teams from the past that had seniors to, to, to today. I get – See, I'm with you. I think relative-wise, I don't know if it's going to be historic, but it is also a very odd year, as we know. Bubble, pandemic, everything that everybody's going through. So it's a lot different in comparison. But I'm sorry, and I didn't mean to cut you off, Jay, but, but I wanted to just add to your point, is that what, what we're talking about, though, is a team that would finish with this record and a championship, if, and it's still a big if, of course. they got to get through some teams that are going to be tough. Their next opponent is USC. But it's still, if it's done... We're going to start talking about it. All right, well, this is an all-timer, right? This is an all-timer, mm-hmm. isn't it? And that's going to be the question we have to ask. Are they? It doesn't matter to them, but it does matter to us because that's what we do. All right, coming up, Gonzaga is trying to become a blue blood with a national title. They're trying to do something that hasn't been done in a very long time. They're trying to be perfect. But another blue blood is trying to get back to their glory days. That is coming up next. Keyshawn, J. Will Zubin, Alan Hahn, Seth Greenberg in with J. Will on ESPN Radio. Indiana finally has its next head coach. New York Knicks assistant Mike Woodson, an Indianapolis native, played at Indiana in the late 70s. He's had success as a head coach with the Atlanta Hawks and the New York Knicks. They wanted to to come home with This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors... You're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, Alan Hahn, Seth Greenberg, in with J. Will. And it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Hey. So what do we think, Mike Woodson, Indiana? Had great years as a player there for Bob Knight. Has always represented that school. I've known Woody for a long time. He was a good NBA coach. Wanted to get back in the game. He wanted to be a head coach again. Saw his alma mater needed it, as we, we talked about this, Jay. Yes. That IU is not what IU used to be. It just doesn't have the same cachet. They've gone through coach after coach trying to figure it out. They wanted Brad Stevens. He said, no, thanks. Clearly, Steve Alford still doesn't want it, right? Like, clearly Which is, anybody else yeah, you go exactly. to. No, Steve Alford wants it. Does he? He just they don't can't want have him. it. Is that why, what it is? Why, why do you think he can't Steve have Alford it, Steve Alford would walk there from Reno. 
Why do you think he can't have it? Why do you think they won't? I don't think he, you know, I think there's a segment of the Indiana community that obviously is either rubbed the wrong way. I don't know if it's what happened at Iowa. Um, You know, Steve's a great guy. He's been very, very nice to me. But there's people that feel like he rubs, you know, he's a little bit aloof, uh, which is crazy because, I mean, he was obviously the golden boy. See, this is crazy for myself. My, My wife is from Carmel, Indiana. And she went to IU. Her brother went to IU. Her dad went to IU. All I hear about is IU all the time. And it's only misery for me considering my last college basketball game I lost was to IU, mm. right? Like, it just works out that way. Yeah. But, I mean, I, you I know did for it to fa- yourself. Yeah, I know. Wow. But they were just <laughs> – God, I love you, Seth. I miss you so much. But, like, it, it, it almost – like I'm indifferent about Mike Woodson. I know he's a good coach. It's interesting Thad Mata will become his associate head coach or assistant – uh, coming over from Ohio State, which is interesting how that works out. Big Ten for IU. Yeah. But I know my father-in-law is not not excited about this because well, they were looking for the, the 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 pop, right? They were looking for somebody to everybody come always in. Wants the next young coach or the headline coach. Now Mike Woodson's sixty-three years old, but I've known him personally for a long time. He's he doesn't he's not an old guy. You know, how some people you just see them and you're like, wow, he's a little frail. Woody's not like that at all. His personality is still very bold and and a very big personality. Uh, a confident guy. He's six year deal though, a six year deal. So Seth, what what is, what are the challenges for Mike Woodson, who's really all of his coaching experience has been in the NBA as a head coach, as an assistant coach with the Clippers a long time. He was with the Knicks this year as an assistant. His best years really were coaching the Knicks, uh, also coaching the Hawks. A lot of development in his background as well, and he knows the modern game. But but what would be the challenges then? Like like Jay just said. There isn't a lot of excitement about this hire, but he is an alum. He does come in there with – he cares a lot, and he's got the NBA connection. Well, first of all, 63 years old, he's a spring chicken. Come on, what do you, what do you think? You're over 63? Like, all of a sudden, you're frail and falling apart? I mean, I'm in pretty good shape. I'm over 63. I can I tell you that much. You're walking 15 miles now. a day with Jake the Wonder Dog. You're killing me right here. It's unbelievable. <laughs> what are you, are 63. You're over the hill. Forget about it. Get out of here. Come on, Grandpa. Uh, happy pre-birthday next month, Seth. Just want to say yeah, that. Thank you, brother. Couple things. Number one, Thadmod is going to be his associate AD for basketball. He's actually not oh, going to be right. coaching, but right. he, what, what he's going to be, Jay Will, is he's going to be a voice. He's going to be a voice that understands the business of college basketball, and he needs that. I think the interesting thing is they finally have a connection to Coach Knight. Like, if you think about it, uh, for years and years and years after Coach Knight was let go, they didn't want to have anything to do with anyone from Coach Knight's legacy. And now all of a sudden they do because Woody is a reflection of the best of the best of those Indiana years. He's a former NBA coach, which has NBA pedigree, which makes him give him cachet in recruiting. He needs a coaching's going to be a piece of cake. I mean, he, he's a world class coach. Agreed. And that's just the way it is. He's a world class teacher. Now, what is he going to need to do? He's going to need to put together a staff. Now, you see, Juwan Howard had an advantage. His sons were high-level players. His sons were recruited. He understands the culture of grassroots basketball. Woody's going to have to have a staff that will be able to connect him with the, basically not the underbelly, but what, they, what creates college basketball, and that is obviously recruiting. So he needs to hire the right staff. He needs to hire probably, I think he'll over to, uh, hire a former uh, or current NBA skills guy to do player development. I think that would be a smart move. I, th- I thought Juwan did a great job. I think he'll hire a former coach uh, that has ties to Indiana uh, that will help him continue to navigate, you know, basically the culture of college basketball and what it's all about. But in terms of coaching, he'll be a 
mean, the guy's a terrific coach. The last thing he'll have to do is he'll have to shorten those sport coats a little bit. Yeah, really he'll have to get up to uh, 2021. Yeah. I will say this. Seth, he does have a secret weapon now. And that, that secret weapon is coming from the Knicks organization. And his name is World Wide West. Correct. And it's something that a lot of people need to recognize. We said, you know, one of the biggest acquisitions for the Knicks when they did this rehaul was World Wide West. And people are, who's, who's World Wide West? Who's this guy? Like, he's been somebody that's been an absolute superstar in that region of the underbelly of sports for a very long time. In the shadows. In the shadows. Going all the way back to MJ and Magic. Going all the way back to DeWine Wagner, LeBron James, all the best players in the game. And his ability to be in the gauntlet, in the trenches with these kids and their families, I think those relationships will pay major dividends. Now, Jay, well, do you think that that changes a little bit in terms of his role now, uh, in terms of being connected as as well as he used to be in the past? Because, I mean, look, obviously, I knew World Wide West when he was a student at Camden High School. We had Billy Culperson who played for me at Pitt. Mm. Uh, He went to school with him, and Wes is a great dude, and he is connected. He's just likable. Uh, he understands it. He connects. His network is is as good as any. Uh, I think the interesting thing is we just heard that Kenny Payne is going to turn down DePaul uh, to stay with the Knicks, which kind of is kind of an interesting story because I thought Kenny might take that job. But uh, I, I think Wes will be an asset. Look, I mean, Wes knows people who knows people, which recruiting is all about, you know, it's like, it's like Hamilton in the room where, where it happens. Exactly. You've got to have someone in the room where it happens. No doubt about uh, it. Well, you've got to have someone to take all those ne- – you know, basically, when you recruit, and you, in the room where it happens, you got to eliminate the negative voice. At worst, you got to eliminate the negative voice. If you can eliminate the negative voice, then you have a chance. If you can't eliminate the negative voice, you have no chance. So All I know is that Wes plays chess, not yep. checkers. Always. Yeah, he does. Yeah, Always. And, and, he, and he's he a great and Mike dude. Woodson, uh, he is, and he and Mike Woodson have had a great relationship for a long time. So if anybody, you know, if you're going to lean on people to help you, he definitely has that network around him. We'll see if he has success there. But he's such a great guy. I wish Mike Woodson all the best. I know how much this job means to him. That was Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. All right, coming up, NBA fans, get ready. Seth is about to tell you his top NBA prospects left in the NCAA tournament, I'm excited for this, mm. and the biggest threat to stopping the Zags. That's after Jay has this from Cintas. Today, people expect a new level of clean. Cintas provides a wide range of essential products and services that help businesses keep their facilities and employees clean and safe. Cintas will keep you well-stocked with essential supplies like face masks, hand sanitizer, gloves, and thermometers. Cintas will hygienically clean and deliver your uniforms. How nice is that? Cintas also helps you protect employees and customers with first aid, safety supplies, and fire protection services. They also help you open your doors with confidence every day. Learn how Cintas can help keep you and your businesses clean and safe at Cintas.com. Get Cintas and get ready for the workday. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. Times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and staff 
stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/morning, code morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bought, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. Never save that mustache, Timmy. Never save it. Timmy! Don't listen to mom. Timmy! Is there anyone else who feels that way every time yeah. he scores? Timmy! Timmy! <laughs> I love right, that we'll, mustache. We'll bring it's... this back now. Keyshawn yeah. J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn with Jay Will and Seth Greenberg joining us as well. And yes, I had uh, felt like I, mean, I knew it was coming, a Ron Burgundy moment there. What happened? During Sports Center. I had some extra words in the script that just. You was just, it in the teleprompter? I'm Ron Burgundy. Yeah. Too many exclamation points. Something like that. I don't know. But <laughs> this is where I digress and I let Seth take over the show. As uh, we are ready to do some Seth superlatives. And how about before anything, I need to know, Seth, I need to know. Because I'm I'm more of the NBA guy here. Who you feel like are your best remaining NBA players in the tournament? Before that, though, let's power rank because we love to do that. The remaining eight teams. I think we can guess who the best one is. May I anyway? And say Gonzaga. Shocking. So I let's... think Evan lost his mind and was in your ear. He said, "No, we're doing the top eight teams first. We're changing it up. <laughs> Get back." <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Hard right. You know are right. <laughs> the little man in my ear said, "Wait a second. No, we're not starting. Reverse there. pivot. Pull it out. Set yeah. the play again." Back it so. up. Thanks for pulling back the curtain right. on me there. Appreciate that. <laughs> All right, here we go. Right, look, Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, USC. Houston, Arkansas, UCLA, Oregon State. So Wait, say it again. Per, say it again. Per, per, I'm going to go slow this time. All right. right. So now I'm going to go Gonzaga. Look, historic good offensively. It's so hard to match up with. Score bucket, get a shot up every 14 seconds. Baylor, the best defense remaining in the NCAA tournament and the best backcourt in the NCAA tournament mm. by far. Five dudes that can drop a dime on you any single night. Think about this. Last three games, they have three leading scorers. Two of them come off the bench, and the other guy is the third best guard in their backcourt, and that's Macy Oteague, who's terrific as well. Michigan, to me, has been absolutely dominant. And the way the Michigan's playing is uh, Florida State deciding to switch that high ball screen. Jawan Howard took his NBA pedigree. He went right to that play time and time and time again, created the mismatch. They swung it. They searched. They posted it. They attacked matchups. They do a great job of playing to their strengths. USC... 14 feet of Mobley, enough said, but the versatility of being able to play man and zone. The backcourt has improved immeasurably over the course of the season. USC is legit. I'm really interested to see Isaiah Mobley match up against Drew Timmy. Houston plays harder than any team left in the tournament. It's it's like a joke how hard they play. They're a relentless offensive rebounding team. They rebound 41% of their misses. Some people might say their best offense is a missed shot. Arkansas, the pace in which they play with – 
They attack matchups. They play with pretty good spacing. They take care of the basketball, which is really, really important uh, in their next game against Baylor, who turns you over. UCLA, opportunistic, skilled, shoot it, really shoot it. Mick Cronin's really done a great job offensively with this team while kind of getting him to understand how to play hard. And then Oregon State. Ethan Thompson, by the way, is an NBA guard. He's 6'5". He can shoot it. He's got a floor game. He's a ball guard, a shot creator, a shot maker. Uh, and they have the ability to change their defenses. All right, so recapping the list, the top eight teams, we power rank them, the Elite Eight, Gonzaga first, obviously, then Baylor second, Michigan, USC, Houston, Arkansas, UCLA, and Oregon State. By the way, Michigan without Isaiah Livers, I gave them a lot of credit, man. Unbelievable. I mean, what, what, I didn't think they would be able to get by Florida State, um, but they, they played their tail off, and I have a lot of questions about why Florida State – Switched so much, and Dickerson down low was incredible. But I know we have to get to Seth's other rankings, but I just I got to give Michigan a lot what of props. What do you make of, of, of Jawan Howard just constantly saying he's out indefinitely with livers instead of just saying, yeah, he's not coming back in the tournament? Like, is there a chance? Is he saying there's a chance? It's up to the, the rumor is it's going to be up to the kid. I yeah. Mean, it's all on – which it, it should be up to the doctors yeah. and up to the family. I mean, I'm, when, when a guy gets hurt, the coaches should not have any say in the matter. I mean, that that is a – Medical staff and a, and, and a family decision. Man. I just love all the people, Seth, coming at me on Twitter because I picked Florida State to beat Michigan. So did I. We're the same people that said, we don't want Jawan Howard as a coach. We don't want him. He won't be able to recruit. He won't be able to win games. Now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, we told you it was going to be great the whole time. <laughs> Not so much, Michigan fans. Just slow down. Oh, we changed the narrative. Look, their game time. plan was terrific. Uh, you, know, you know that Florida State's going to switch one through five, and they created mismatches all over the floor. Shawnee Brown was was terrific again, and so was Brandon Johns. Brandon Johns defensively yes. was really good. And Franz Wagner is going to be a really good NBA player at 6'9". He's an elite defender. So let's get into – I know you want to get to the NBA prospects. Yeah. I think Jalen Suggs is the best NBA prospect left in the in the tournament. Facts, agree. Uh, you say number one pick, right? Like, yeah, you agree I think now? he's the he overall moved. number one pick. I, I think he's a six-foot, five-inch point guard that can guard, who can lead, who can make enough shots, who can see. That pass he threw off his left hand Ooh. off of that ball screen was absolutely ridiculous. Jason Kitt-like. Yeah, he was. I, I, that's mm. who I compare him to. And he's fiercely competitive. Uh, I think, obviously, uh, Evan Mosley, uh, Mobley, Mobley is, uh, is absolutely uh, just his feel for the game, uh, his impact of the game without having to score, uh, his ability to protect the rim, his ability to get to the offensive glass, his ability to pass the ball out of the post. And he can shoot it. And I'll tell you what, his brother is very good as well. I think Donovan Mitchell is the most underappreciated guy that's left in the – in, in the tournament, uh, in the Elite Eight. Davian, right? Yeah, Davian. I'm sorry. Davian yep. uh, Mitchell, I'm sorry. Uh, it's early in the morning for it's me. It's all right. It's all right. Donovan, uh, Davian. You know, well, Donovan's Mitchell's. pretty good also, by the way. <laughs> yeah. you know, I was right on him also, by the way. Yes, you were, uh, Seth. Which but, I, I gave you credit for. I was shocking. I did not expect Donovan to be the way Donovan is right now. Yeah, he's, but he's you were monster. calling that back yeah, in the day. Let me give a, you some love, too, because uh, there is – and by the way, the Twitter handle just needs to be read. Ladies Love CC is the Twitter handle. And he said – that that you uh, you're never wrong on evaluation. That you're the guy that only guy saying Donovan Mitchell was the best player in the draft in his draft year, and he wanted to know about what you thought about Davion Mitchell and, and Desunmu and, and Springer. So yeah. he gave you some love on Twitter well, as well. Davion Mitchell to me is is a translates to the NBA. He's an elite on ball defender. Can guard anyone. Put you right on his chest. Doesn't need help. Uh, he's shooting forty three or forty four from the three point line, so he can stretch the defense. He has all different ways to finish. 
and he reads all five defenders and ball screens. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, hey, Jared Butler is terrific. But David Mitchell is NBA ready right now, step in and run a team type of point guard. He really mm-hmm. is. And he's got a toughness about him. It's, that's really, really special. I've got Franz Wagner. And people say, Franz Wagner, wait a second. He's 6'9". He can guard anyone on the floor. He makes enough shots. He's a floor gamer. He can put the ball on the floor, make plays, terrific passer, high basketball IQ, great feel, but so competitive defensively. And then I got Jaime Jaquez uh, from UCLA. Uh, 6'6", tough, physical, shoots it, stretches it. Uh, could he be a 3 and D guy? I hate that kind of stuff. He's a 3 and D guy. He's this guy. He can play. The dude can play. He's a hooper. Just flat out, he can yeah, play. He can hoop. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't get into Hunter Dickinson because he'll be a good NBA player, but obviously the way the NBA is right now, uh, because he can guard ball screens, and he can pass, and he does play out of, out of doubles. Uh, I'd like to see him step out a little bit more, face up and knock down that jumper, So he can, sh- but he can short roll and be a playmaker. But you put him on that left block, and that dude is going to score. Seth, no love for Moses Moody from Arkansas. I like Moses Moody, but I had to only pick five. Moses Moody, I'd like to see him shoot a little bit better. He's a typical slasher. He's playing four right now. He's really a three. Uh, he can shoot it, but he hasn't shot it at a high level. Arkansas hasn't shot it in the tournament at a high level. Exactly. He's a multi-positional defender, which I think is important. He'll be great in space, a very good finisher, uh, has a pretty good floor game. Doesn't have Franz Wagner's floor game. Franz Wagner's floor game is oh, ridiculous. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, he's a playmaker, man. He has yeah. eyes out of the back of his head. Yeah. How about Corey Kispert? As I well? think Corey Kispert, again, not my top five right now. I actually replaced him with Hawkins. But look, Corey Kispert is going to be a corner spacing three point shooter. He's going to be a pick and play. Like to me, he's, is he Kyle Corver? Is he Duncan Robinson? I don't know. He, he's going to play in the league, he's going to be a winning player in the league. He can really, obviously, stretch defense. He gets it off quick. He's great off the ball, playing off screens, wide pin downs. Better than Pat Connaughton because he's a much better shooter than Pat Connaughton uh, and a better athlete than people think. But when you only pick in five, and I, I just thought that it was important. I don't think anyone talks about Jaime Hakko as, as, as a guy that really just I fiercely agree. competitive and tough and physical and makes shots and can pass it and has a feel. And I wanted to bring him into the equation. No, I'm glad you did. That, that's a player that really I, I saw for the first time yesterday that I really just jumped out at me. And I looked saying that this guy can ball. Like, he's got a feel for the yeah. game. He can shoot it. He's very confident. Uh, he can take it to the basket. He can draw. Like, there's a lot of things I like about him. Kispert, by the way, is he 50-40-90, right, his shooting yeah, slashes? Yes. Every time he shoots it, you think it's going in. But I'll tell you yeah. the thing about Kispert is incredible teammate, really good without the – I mean, he's really good without the basketball. In transition, like, they they do a great job of pinching and flipping it to him behind because he's playing four right now. Uh, and, he, I mean, he knocks down big shots. That team plays like an NBA team. That team plays mm. with a flow and a spacing of an NBA team. Uh, Kispert's really good. I mean, he's really good. Uh, those are guys I like a little bit more. I and It sounds silly. Mobley might be the biggest risk. I don't mean risk because of the expectation – because he is a little light in the rear end. He can't hold the spot. He's going to get pushed off. He can shoot it. Doesn't shoot it a lot. Terrific passer. Terrific rim protection. Can guard anyone. Absolutely anyone. Uh, I think it, physicality-wise, I think it'll be a little bit of an issue. In fact, uh, Charles Barkley kind of agrees with me. So I like when Charles agrees with me. Because I say the same thing Charles says. Your the difference is... Well, yeah, no, the problem is when Charles says it's, it's brilliance, when I say it, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I, I'll say this about Corey Kispert, too. There's something to be said, and Seth knows this. When, you, when you're in a team where everybody has a high basketball IQ mm-hmm. 
and you know where to be and when to be there. Game's easy. God, that makes such a world of a yes. difference, man. You get drafted some of these bad teams, and you recognize, yeah, Ooh. athletes are up here because they are super athletic and they can score. It doesn't mean that they know how to play. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that they know how to play. So a guy like Corey Kispert, depending upon where Clay he Thompson, gets drafted, man. can ultimately help him with his success. That is so a- true. AJ Will, Clay Thompson. I agree with you. I mean, I mean Corey the right Kispert, situation. Corey Kispert's probably more Clay Thompson than Duncan and Corey. Actually, oh. when I when I really think about it, I have listed. I mean, he's Clay Thompson because that dude gets it off quick. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if he can guard on the other end. That's why I've always stayed away from that comparison. But he is tough and physical. But, I mean, he can flat-out shoot. He's got a Clay Thompson-type release. If you're smart, you can guard because you just know where to be in anticipation. So, you talk, they'll talk about one great backcourt in him and, and Steph Curry to another. If there's a team that's going to beat Gonzaga, I think a lot of people feel it could be Baylor. You mentioned earlier in your power rankings what a great backcourt they have. Let's go deeper into that. Yeah, their backcourt is five deep, and, and that's the interesting thing. I mean, their backcourt can dominate you defensively. You're talking about two guards, Dave Van Mitchell and Jared Butler. They can put you right on, your t- on their chest, and they're going to guard you one-on-one. They're really active, and you saw what happened in the Villanova game where boom, 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 they just turn you over. Uh, and it starts with the pressure on the basketball, but it's not just to those two guys. I mean, Macy O.T. can drop 30 on you mm-hmm. and has all different ways to finish around the basket. All the all the Baylor guards have great are great finishers around the basket, but then they bring two guys off the bench. Matt Meyer is going to play in the NBA. He's six foot nine, can stretch Swag. the defense, can get to the rim, has bounce, uh, and just the ball finds him. In fact, we were at a game day a year ago at Baylor, and he takes some ridiculous shot, and like we're sitting in the stands, and finally Bryce, uh, uh, I mean Scott Drew goes, "What was that all about?" He goes, "I was open." The dude was at the hash mark. I mean, like, I love it. I mean, he just went right back at coach. I was open. Yeah, most people are going to be open from there, but the dude expected to make it. Well, he went from that dude now to a guy that's offensive rebounding, playing out of ball screens, six uh, nine, rebounding the basketball, and he's always open. And then Adam Flagler, you know, the other day he gets, I think he was fourteen or sixteen uh, the other day. I mean, he's another guy. Big, big-time shooters. Led him in scoring. Iowa State, when they came off the pause, he drops like 22, leads him in scoring. I mean, interesting thing about Baylor is they I think they've had eight different guys to lead him in scoring. They are really a, they're a you know, special defensive team. Seth, don't you feel like if Baylor didn't miss, I mean, what, it was like 10 games or something like that, some kind of at serve. They had a long Double-digit number of games postponing due to COVID-related issues. We will be talking about them. Before that, all their games stopped. They were playing the best basketball yeah. in the nation, it felt mm-hmm. like, watching them play. Now it feels like they're picking back up that steam from where they were before the games yeah. originally got postponed. Especially defensively. The yes. De- defensively is where they dominate. You, you know, look, they're going to lose a game. You're playing in the Big 12. You know, I mean, the Big 12 put seven teams in the tournament. You know, you're going to lose a game. Defensively, they're the best defensive team I've seen since that 89-90 UNLV team. Mm. I mean, All that's right. how good they are defensively. All right, Seth, we appreciate you joining us here in the first hour. I know you got to run. We'll see you on Friday. We didn't even argue. We didn't argue Not one yet. time. I know. How is that possible? Well, you did a lot of well, We actually agreed on something. Yeah, fair. That's unacceptable. We agreed that we're both balls. <laughs> Enough. <that's right. laughs> Enough. Enough. Thank you, Seth. Appreciate Thanks, guys. Love appreciate you, brother. It. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin. Allen in with Jay Will, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Mike T. Tannenbaum? Yeah. Questions are here. I got you.
But that was good. That was a lot of energy. Good with Seth. It's great. You got good chemistry with him. That's my homie. KJZ, Alan Hahn, in with Jay Will, ESPN Radio. Let's transition now into football after the college basketball conversation we had there. Great energy mm. there. Again, Seth will join us again on Friday. But now we are joined on the Goodyear Hotline by Mike Tannenbaum as we get into what happened. First Mike of all, T, what Friday, the hell did happen this fr- weekend? Fr- so, so here's the story. So Bart Scott and I have our show, which is midday. And Mike, I know you've been on our show a couple of times. And, and so we're midday and we did the morning show as well. So we're a little delirious. And we're all over the place. And then as we're just, like, doing the show, boom, this news happens. And Bart and I look at each other like, coffee now because we got to figure this out. The 49ers-Dolphins trade. The Dolphins then moving back from 12 into 6. A lot happened in a short period of time. Your reaction? My reaction is, Jay Will, I think Alan Hahn is a load management broadcaster. <laughs> we just can't get a full day out of him. I mean, it's either the morning or the you. midday. Like, Alan, he just doesn't want to work hard, MT. You are higher than those of yourself. I mean, come on now. I deserve that. We got to talk to the ESPN executives here. I mean, you know, Mike, I'm just sorry. I'm on national TV for seven hours a day. Woe is me. Oh wow. You know, Jay, are you doing a full show today? I just want to make sure. Are you? You got it. I'm going to the last actually doctor's test for my wife who's having our baby this week. I'm only hearing excuses and load management. That's what I'm hearing right there. <laughs> You're the worst. Go ahead, MT. Tell us what went what do you down. Think, but Mike, what, like this, seeing this go yeah. down, seeing this go down, the way it went down, the timing yep. of it all too on Zach Wilson's pro day. What do you read from all this? Yeah, so let's just go quickly down team by team. I think like the really the underrated story, guys, is. Think about if you're Joe Douglas, you could have had Sam Darnold, and if you take that 49er trade, you could have had Sam Darnold, the 12th pick. The first pick, a first round pick next year, a third round pick next year, and a one in 2023. And basically, Joe Douglas said, No, let's let all that go. We're going to go with Zach Wilson. And I actually think that's a good decision, but it's really remarkable when you take that 49er package and plug it into what the Jets could have had. So I think what they're saying is, We're going with Zach Wilson and we're not turning back. And I think for the 49ers, it's all in on Mac Jones. And I'm saying that for a couple reasons, guys. Mac Jones, to me, the closest comparison, in my opinion, is Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan had a lot of success in Atlanta with Kyle Shanahan, who was then the offensive coordinator of the Falcons, now the 49er head coach. And when you connect the dots a little bit further, tomorrow, both Ohio State, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, University of Alabama are having their pro day. Reportedly, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are going to be in Tuscaloosa, not in Columbus, Ohio, which is very telling to me. Um, but I think the other story that came out of it for me is the young quarterbacks, Tua Tagovailoa with Miami, Jalen Hurts with Philadelphia. Both those quarterbacks are going to get at least another year with those teams, which I think is a good decision. Both Miami and Philly are saying, hey, we're going to be patient and see these quarterbacks develop. Mike, let's go back to the 49ers here for a second. What, what does that mean for Jimmy G? Yeah, I, I think his days clearly are numbered, Jay Will. Um, if it's not this year, it's certainly next year. I, connecting the dots, obviously, New England, to me, is really a good fit. And uh, maybe they hold on to him for a year. You know, guys, if we go back a couple years ago. If we remember, Kansas City traded up with Buffalo to go get ahead Patrick Mahomes. Alex Smith still started that first year, and obviously the rest is history. So it is conceivable that Jimmy G is the quarterback for most of this year, especially when we think about because of COVID protocols, we'll still have a little bit of an unusual off-season probably training camp. So maybe they hold on to him for this year, but obviously his days are numbered. 
Mike T, so I'm sitting there in my hotel room getting ready for NBA draft on Friday, and I have it on the the pro day for Zach Wilson. And I'm like, wow. Like, this this pro day, it felt like – we were watching the Grammys. I mean, the, it, it was it was yes. incor- it was incredible. I've never seen something so big. John Lynch was there. Every big scout was there. Is is that safe to say? That, do we feel like Joe Douglas now has said Zach Wilson is our guy moving forward? It is no longer Sam Darnold. Is that concrete? Yeah, Jay. Well, there's no doubt in my mind. Uh, again, for two reasons. One is what we saw from Zach Wilson is really you know what I expected. Uh, I saw him in person. Uh, in, in his bowl game, and he is a remarkable talent. I think the Jets are really fortunate. And again, if you're Joe Douglas and the Jets, presumably the 49ers would have given the same package to go to two that they went to three, and they walked away from two ones, a third round pick, and they're saying that Zach Wilson's that much better than Sam Darnold, which I think, again, is the right decision because, in my opinion, Zach Wilson's ceiling is a lot higher than Sam Darnold's. All right, so Mike, with that in mind, all right, if Sam Darnold now becomes an expendable trade asset, if you were with the Bears, if you were in the front office of Chicago, would you be aggressive and try to pursue Sam Darnold? Yeah, Alan, and I think there's a pretty easy solution here, which is I think it's a two-part trade. I would, If I was Chicago, I would give a third-round pick, which if we can extend Sam Darnold at some point this year, we will also give you another third-round pick in next year's draft. But I would hedge my bet because he only has one year to go, assuming that neither the Jets nor if Chicago exercise the option. You know, as a GM, you're very reticent to give up a third-round pick for somebody on a one-year deal. I did it a while ago when we traded for Brett Favre. Obviously, that was different because Favre was a Hall of Famer. But if I was Ryan Pace and the Bears and I could get Sam Darnold, I I think he's a better quarterback than Andy Dalton. But I would want to hedge my bet because he is on a one-year deal. I definitely want to go back and re-edit that post by the Chicago Bears instead of saying QB1. QB question mark? QB1? QB question mark? It could certainly go that way. What does this mean for the Dolphins, right? The Dolphins, I mean, just once again, in prime position with this pick now, did it go for a guy like Jamar Chase? Did it go for a guy like Kyle Pitts to be additive to Tua down in Miami? Yeah, Jay. Well, here, here's what I think we learned about Miami. They made a great trade, again, to go back to 12, two ones, a three. I think that was a really good trade. When they moved up, they paid a premium. You know, they went from 12 to six for a first-round pick next year. That That is a really steep price. And what that tells me is they're going to come out with either Jamar Chase from LSU or Kyle Pitts from Florida. And if I'm Miami, I have to be a little concerned that if I wanted Jamar Chase that – Cincinnati, who I think should take an offensive tackle. There is that LSU connection. Joe Burrow's their quarterback. Jamar Chase was a great receiver there. Is Joe Burrow trying to lobby Cincinnati to take Jamar Chase? We'll see. But I think clearly Miami's going to get a blue-chip, front-line offensive player to pair with Tua. Mike, great to have you on. As always, I'm going to rest up now. Low manage, Mike. <laughs> Alan, hydrate. Hydrate. <laughs> yes, sir. I appreciate you, Mike. All the best. All right, Darnold or Dalton? That's the question now facing the Chicago Bears. That's coming up next. Keyshawn, J. Will Zubin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app.
Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Anthgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.